Many years after the reign of King David and King Solomon, God's people were led by a king named Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat was a hero in God's eyes because he always tried to do what was good and right. So it was a a typical work day for Jehoshaphat. He was sitting on his throne in Jerusalem uh, where he reigned over the nation of Judah. And suddenly three men burst into his uh, presence, faces wet with perspiration and chests heaving for air. And they all yelled at once, King Jehoshaphat! A vast army is marching toward Jerusalem, and now they're only 30 miles away. Jehoshaphat sat up with shock as he heard this first messenger then begin to speak, saying, Great king, I learned that our neighbors to the east, the Ammonites, have gathered their full fighting force to defeat us. And the king knew the Ammonites well, and they were a fierce fighting force, larger and stronger than Judah's army. But the king thought, well, perhaps with God's help we might be able to. But then the second messenger spoke up and said, And king, I've also learned that our neighbors to the southeast have joined the Ammonites to defeat us. And Jehoshaphat thought to himself, Oh no, the Moabite army is much larger than ours. I don't think we could fend them off even if we... And then the third messenger spoke and said, King, I have information that our neighbors to the south of Mount Seir have joined the Ammonites and the Moabites to totally destroy us. And when King Jehoshaphat heard this, he thought, this situation is out of control. This is impossible. Jehoshaphat knew that he had a royal mess on his hands and that, humanly speaking, there was no way that his nation could survive an attack from three neighbors joined together to defeat them. Uh, if, if you were Jehoshaphat in this situation, what would you do? Would you panic? Would you run? Would you lash out or cash out or fall apart? Well, just like Jehoshaphat, uh, you have periods when bad news seems to come at you from every direction. When worry comes from the east and anxiety comes from the west and hopelessness and dread uh, come from the south, what do you do? Well, let me tell you what Jehoshaphat did. Uh, he said, issue a decree throughout Judah calling everyone small and great, young and old, to assemble at the Lord's temple. And so his decree went out to the people, and, it, and people from everywhere in Judah came together to the temple in Jerusalem, and news of the advancing armies uh, spread quickly, and so the men were assembled with deep, furrowed brows. The women's eyes were red, and their hands were trembling. The children were silent with quivering lips. And then as the whole nation stood in silence, the king looked heavenward and began to pray. And he said, O God, Lord of our fathers, you are great, the great God of heaven. You rule over all kingdoms and nations. Power and might are in your hands, and no one is stronger than you. Our God, you gave us this land according to your promise to Abraham and for your holy purpose. You gave us this temple with the promise that if we would cry out to you, 
in our distress, you would hear us in this place. And, oh, Lord, we cry out to you now. The nations that are attacking us are more powerful than we are. And they have pledged together not to eat or drink until we are totally destroyed. God, you know we have no power to face the enemy that is attacking us. We have no idea what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And while every eye was focused on heaven, a voice spoke as response to the king's prayer. It was the voice of the prophet Jehaziel. And uh, Jehaziel, like all prophets, uh, was not a predictor of the future. He was a spokesman for God. And speaking God's word, Jehaziel said this, King Jehoshaphat and all you gathered here, listen to God and what he says to you. God says, do not be afraid. Do not waste one minute worrying about this attack because the battle is not yours. It is mine. God says, because you have turned to me, I will fight for you. You will not fight this battle. You don't even need your weapons. Just march out towards your attackers, put your trust in me, and watch me take care of this. And at this, the entire assembly fell down and worshipped the Lord. Now, although we can't be sure about this, uh, because it's not recorded specifically in the words of the uh, scriptural story, but a few hours after this worship service, I think it's, it seems to be hinted that uh, Josh, uh, Jehoshaphat had a visit from his advisors. And Jehoshaphat's advisors came to him to make sure that he wasn't taking this word from God too literally. Uh, the advisors said something like this to Jehoshaphat. You know, that was really nice what God said through the uh, prophet Jehaziel. It gave everyone a really good feeling. But we've been thinking, King, about how God could not have meant that we were to literally, you know, leave the protection of our walls uh, around Jerusalem. I mean, that would be crazy because our walls are the only thing we've got going for us in this situation. Uh, God could not have meant that we were we're supposed to walk out toward the enemy with no weapons. I mean, that would be crazy. Uh, we think that God was saying that in general, he's pulling for us. Uh, he's up there rooting for us. Now, it's possible God could do a miracle, but just in case, King, we ought to have our weapons with us because, King, it would look really bad if we got out there and God doesn't come through. After all, God helps those who help themselves. And this is where I think Jehoshaphat would just kind of say, enough. My trust is in God alone. I have no plan B. I'm trusting his word and that's final. I'm going to bed and I'm going to sleep well because God is going to fight for us. And the Bible says that early in the morning, King Jehoshaphat led his people out of the protection of the city walls and marched directly toward the enemy. And the king's battle plan was really unusual. Uh, instead of planning who would, uh, you know, shoot arrows here and uh, who would thrust spears there, the king's plan was all about who was going to sing 
And who is going to play the trumpets here? And who is going to play the harp there? And how many songs they were going to sing along the way? So they marched out with their harps and flutes and trumpets. And as they marched, they could see the army of the enemy in the distance. And when they saw the enemy, the king and all his people began to sing. And this is what they sang. They sang, Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. And you'll never guess what happened next. In fact, you need to read it. And so uh, if you want it, you can turn to your Bibles uh, to Second Chronicles chapter 20 or just follow along on the screen. Second Chronicles chapter 20 beginning at verse uh, 21. Jehoshaphat appointed people to sing to the Lord and to praise Him for the splendor of His holiness as they went out, singing, Give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. And as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the armies of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and the Moabites rose up against the army from Mount Seir, and after they finished off the army from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When the people of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his people went to carry off their plunder, and they found among them such a great amount of equipment and clothing and articles of value that it was more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. The fear of God came on all the surrounding kingdoms when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Judah. And the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. Isn't that amazing? God did fight for Jehoshaphat so that, as it says in verse 30, Jehoshaphat and his kingdom were at peace, and he had rest on every side. Well, God wants to teach me through Jehoshaphat's life experience. God wants me to learn from Jehoshaphat how to win over worry. When the king was uh, getting bad news from every side, I, I was asking you, what would you do if you were in that situation? Well, better yet, what are you doing with the royal messes that are in your hands right now? Sometimes it's a mess at work. Sometimes it's a, a mess at home. Uh, sometimes the mess is in a relationship. Sometimes it's a, a health worry or a financial worry that comes out of the blue. Whatever mess I face, I can apply Jehoshaphat's three lessons for winning over worry. Jehoshaphat's beginning lesson is this. Turn to God first. As soon as Jehoshaphat understood the mess he was in, he turned to God. And the key is that Jehoshaphat turned to God first. He didn't call in his advisors first. He didn't call up the troops first. He didn't call down anger or blame first. Jehoshaphat turned to God first. Jehoshaphat turned to God first in prayer. What do you do first in a mess? 
what you do first, who you call on first, says a lot about who you are and about what you really believe. Not what you say you believe or sing you believe, what you really believe. Jehoshaphat turned to God first and said, God, you know what we are facing, but my eyes are upon you. You can read the exact words of Jehoshaphat's prayer beginning in verse 6 in Second Chronicles chapter 20. His prayer begins with an expression of his confidence in God's incredible power and his loving purpose for him and his people. Then, then the prayer ends in verse 12 with those words, I don't know what to do, but God, my eyes are upon you. Jehoshaphat turned first to God in prayer. Not a long or elaborate prayer. It's just six sentences long. Uh, but it teaches something very important. It teaches me the prayer ABCs for winning over worry. When I am in a royal mess, Jehoshaphat's prayer teaches me to A, acknowledge God's immense power to handle my impossible situations. B, bring the situation to God and place it in His hands. And C, commit to follow God's will, God's way. So, wherever you are in a worry crisis, you can apply Joseph's, uh, Jehoshaphat's prayer ABCs. Uh, just like Jehoshaphat, turn to God in prayer and A, acknowledge that God is big enough to manage your mess, whatever it is. In other words, uh, turn to the big God uh, of Scripture and not some shrimpy God you've made up in your head. Jehoshaphat could sleep well in the path of three advancing armies because he turned to a God who was infinitely bigger than the mess he was in. Then, just like Jehoshaphat, go to prayer and B, bring the situation to God and leave it in his hands. Remember what uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, did in the middle of her wedding wine crisis? She went to Jesus with the problem, and then she said to the servants, do whatever Jesus says. And then she walked away. Uh, Mary brought the problem to Jesus. She left the problem with Jesus. And that led to Jesus' first recorded miracle in the Gospels. You can do this in prayer. And Jesus does miracles when you bring your worries to Him and you leave those worries in His hands. Then third, just like Jehoshaphat, Turn to God and see, commit to follow God's will in God's way. Uh, Jehoshaphat says in prayer, My eyes are upon you. My eyes and my ears are open, God. I'm listening to you for your instruction and your leading in my life. After you give your mess to God and ask Him what to do, listen. Listen to God and He will lead you. You win over worry when you pray these ABCs. So the first lesson uh, <clears throat> from Jehoshaphat is to turn to God first. His second lesson for winning over worry is to trust God most. 
First, King Jehoshaphat turned to God in prayer. Second, he trusted God and God's word. The word of God came to Jehoshaphat through Jehaziel. And Jehoshaphat held on to God's word, even when it didn't make human sense. Uh, even when the voices around him were telling him to trust something else, still Jehoshaphat trusted God's word. He didn't trust his feelings most. He trusted God most. He didn't trust his military advisors most. He trusted God most. He didn't trust his instincts most. He trusted God most. So... When you have worries coming at you from every side, what do you put your trust in the most? Do you trust your instincts most? If, you, if so, you will never be a hero in God's eyes like Jehoshaphat. Because there are days when if you trust your instincts the most, they will tell you that the best course of action is to lie and cheat. And that you'd be crazy to follow God and tell the truth. If you want to be a hero in God's eyes, you need to decide now to trust God more than your instincts. Uh, there are days where if you trust your feelings the most, they will tell you to hate and that it's crazy to love and forgive those who have hurt you. If you want to be a hero in God's eyes, you need to decide now that you're going to trust God more than your feelings. Someday, you will be in an impossible mess, and you will want to act in a knee-jerk reaction. But God says the craziest thing. He says, wait. You will want to panic. But God says the craziest thing. He says, pray. And you're going to want to run. But God says the craziest thing. He says, stand where you are. Stand on my promises in my word. Jehoshaphat did the craziest thing. He trusted God most. And God honored that trust with a miracle and so much plunder that it took three days to collect it all. Listen, it is easy to say that you trust God. But trust only becomes real, real trust in that moment when following God's way seems like the craziest idea in the world. For Jehoshaphat to follow God, he had to leave the safety of the walled city, the craziest idea in the world, to march out toward the enemy with no weapons, the craziest idea in the world, to march out toward the enemy, blowing trumpets and singing songs of praise. The craziest idea in the world. And if you want to be free from anxiety, you need to get a little crazy. If you want to be at peace when everyone else around you is in panic, you need to act differently and think so differently that panicked people around you may consider you a little crazy. If you want to be that one in a million person who wins over worry, you need to get a little crazy. What do I mean by crazy? Well, this leads to Jehoshaphat's third lesson. Turn to God first, trust God the most, and Jehoshaphat's last lesson for winning over worry is thank God in advance. 
This is what Jehoshaphat did. He followed God by doing the craziest thing. He walked out of the comfort zone of his walls. He walked toward the source of his worry. And before God could do anything miraculous, he started to sing, Give thanks! To the Lord, for His love endures forever. Before God had a chance to do anything miraculous, Jehoshaphat was already enjoying the miracle of God's peace through thanking God in advance. This is not positive thinking. This is not trying to manipulate God by thanking Him for what I want God to do for me. This is thanking God for who He is. It's thanking God that He always acts toward me in His love and that His love endures forever. Thanking God in advance is the hardest lesson in winning over worry. But it is also the lesson that makes the most difference in my life. When I have a mess on my hands, it's natural for me to live in a state of fear and frustration until the crisis is over. But it's supernaturally better to be thankful during the crisis. What a better way to live if instead of brewing and stewing through my crisis, I'm able to march forward praising God for His love and blowing a trumpet of thanks to God in advance, this is what it really means to win over worry. And if I wait to praise and thank God when the crisis is over, I'm waiting too long. When I know God, I can have peace even when the armies are marching against me because I know that God in his love is fighting for me. Uh, here at BlackRock, we partner with a uh, missionary named uh, Peter Kuzmich. Uh, Peter grew up in Croatia uh, in the days when uh, it was part of the communist nation called Yugoslavia. And Yugoslavia under communist, uh, under communist rule was radically atheistic. And the authorities persecuted believers like uh, Peter's father. Not only was uh, Peter's father a Christ follower, he also uh, gathered believers in a church that he built with his own hands. And uh, last time I saw Peter, uh, he reminisced on how the authorities would come to his childhood home and arrest his father. First, they would uh, bring him to that handmade church and make him watch as they burned it to the ground. Then they would start the beating. Uh, Peter described how two thugs would uh, stand about 10 feet apart and play this vicious, violent game where the guards would uh, take turns uh, hitting uh, Peter's uh, uh, father in the face so hard that he would stumble to the other thug who would then back and forth uh, hit him like a, a tennis ball back and forth. And Peter remembers watching this from his bedroom window and how his father would stumble back into the house with his face swollen and how he would sit down for meals with the family but only be able to eat soup for a week because he could not chew. But Peter also remembers how before eating that soup, his father would pray enthusiastic prayers of thanks to God for all his blessings. With swollen lips, he would thank God for how one day there would be a thriving church praising Jesus in Croatia.
And Peter would look at his father sipping soup and say, I want to be like that man. I want to win over worry. That man is my hero, my father. Peter's father gave thanks in advance. And of course, Peter has become an answer to his father's prayers and a force behind many thriving churches in Croatia. Peter Kuzmich and Peter Kuzmich's father is a hero in God's eyes, like Jehoshaphat, because King Jehoshaphat turned to God first, trusted God most, and thanked God in advance. And so he was able to win over worry because he trusted God on the most frightening day of his life. And it turned into the best day of his life. And this can happen in some sense for you as well when it comes to your worries. I picture Jehoshaphat leaving that walled city with a song on his lips and a bounce in his step. And I see him leaping for joy when he saw all the plunder that God gave him in the victory. And I think we can learn a lot from Jumpin' Jehoshaphat. Uh, Jumpin' Jehoshaphat teaches me how to be a hero. God, God wants to teach you through Jehoshaphat how to be a hero in his eyes. Let's pray. I'd like to just give you a moment to, uh, to go through the, the ABCs. Uh, to take that worry that you have right now, that uncertainty, whatever that fear or anxiety is, and A, acknowledge God's power and who God really is. Not, not who you imagine Him to be, but who He really is. And then B, bring that situation to God and leave it there. And C, commit to listen to Him when it comes to your worry. To come... When it comes to the situation that causes you some anxiety, commit to listen. Do those steps right now.